909-720 WGN. What a night for the Blackhawks. Can I get that game winner one more time, Curtis? That was big time. Way to go, Patrick Kane. This season, Patrick Kane, five for seven in shootouts. He can send the Hawk fans home happy and send us back to Chicago with all four points. He's ready. Picks up the puck at center ice. Over the Panther line. Slowing down left circle for the win. Deeks and shoots. He scores! Hawks win the shootout! Patrick Kane finally puts this one away. And you can hear the Hawks fans all on their feet going crazy down here in South Florida. There are thousands of them down here. That's what I'm talking about. Never say die. And John Whiteman fighting to the finish. John Whiteman was right there. Man, gives it his all every single night behind the microphone and was just pleading to get one more goal score out there and was able to do it. And yes, that's right. I'm looking at the standings. I'm a never say die guy. Blackhawks now eight points. No, no, I'm sorry. Six points. Carm, you, you saw it right the first time. Six points behind the Nashville Predators for the last wild card spot in the Western Conference. Plenty of time. Not forever, but just got to get hot, right? That's two in a row, and they get a win over the Panthers tonight. Great job, as always, by Chris Bowden on the postgame show. Listening to that coming on down tonight, I was at a bar mitzvah tonight. I got to tell you, it's been a while since I've been to a bar mitzvah. The bar mitzvah scene nowadays is just completely and utterly off the hook. I got a hat it's got the initials of said bar mitzvah, the GP, the Grant Pearlberg. I've got my own hat. I mean, the kids were were there was like mosh pit going on on there. I didn't. I would just. I just stood on the side in amazement. And then they, they they're passing appetizers. They got the the tacos, the grilled cheese, the hot dogs, the and and all the like upper levels. There was sushi and whatnot. I'm like, oh my god, I'm so out of my league. How how do I get invited to this? But. Uh, at any rate, it was a learning experience. Th- thank you for the invitation. I'm sorry I had to cut out a little little early tonight. Great to be here for you, WGN Sports Central. My name is Mark Carmen. Curtis Koch is producing. Short show tonight with you till 10 o'clock, so we got 48 minutes to play with here. Chris Myers, you know him from ESPN, Fox Sports. He's joining Marquee. He's all over the place. He's going to be with us at 9.30 tonight, so we have one guest on the show. I actually want to start with what I thought was the exact moment in sports that I'm always looking for. And I'm a big tennis guy, and I know that uh, perhaps you might not be, but this spawns everywhere. So Novak Djokovic is the greatest player in the world right now. Roger's right there, so is Nadal. And he's playing in the semifinals in Dubai. And he loses the first set to Gael Monfils, who's one of my favorite players to watch. And he's up in the second set, 6-5, but he's down in the game. It's, it's a deuce game. And a ball is served right down the middle, down the tee, as they say in tennis. And the umpire rules it out. And Monfils looks at it from across the net. He thinks it's in. And then Djokovic walks up, looks at the mark, and says, Ah, that was good. That was good. So he had the point. The official had given him the point, Right? He looks at it, says, no, 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 that, that, that's, a, that's a point for Gale. Goes down in the game, it's advantage, Monfils. Monfils wins the game, they go to a tiebreaker. Now Djokovic ends up winning the tiebreaker 10-8, and, and he wins the match in the third set. None of that matters, by the way. Here was a guy who had no motivation to say that that was in, other than his own integrity, right? 
other than the fact of like sportsmanship. And he went out of it. He, he could he could have easily like you know tennis has the replay. They go to the board. He could have done that. Maybe he's wrong. Maybe it's the wrong mark. But that's the mark he saw, and he and and that was sportsmanship for him. He can go to bed at night, look in the mirror, head hit the pillow. Hey man, I did it right. Win or lose, to me that's a true champion. And so when I talk about this stuff in, in football, when guys are trying to sell a catch, when they know it hit the ground, just trying to sell it, it's like, dude, you know you didn't catch that. Or in basketball, hit a guy upside the head, arguing with the referee, I didn't follow him. And, I'm like, and I, you're sitting there watching at home, right? Like, how can you argue that? And then I'll see balls go off of guys, tip it out of bounds, and they'll try to sell that it wasn't them. Try to, try to fake, you know, fake the ref out. And to actually just see somebody at the top of their profession going with, with sportsmanship, I just thought it was so beautiful. So damn beautiful. I'm like, oh, Novak, thank you. Can we get a sportsmanship? I love it. 312-981-7200, by the way, is the phone number. Anybody who just want, would like to like, see is, – is am I resonating with anyone out there on this one? Would you like to see more sportsmanship? The whole, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. I'm looking at you, Houston Astros. Got some audio, by the way, on the Astros. We're going to play coming on back here. Sports Central with you till 10 o'clock. Hope you're having a great day. 720 WGN. For news at 10, you can watch WGN, Mike Mater, Joe Donlin, Dan Roan, and Chicago's most trusted meteorologist, Tom Skilling. For TV news at 10, watch Chicago's very own WGN. Best wishes to uh, Tom Skilling. He's going to have some surgery and is going to be out for... Oh, it looks like a month to six weeks, and then probably back stronger than ever because he's the great Tom Skilling. So, uh, if Tom or I know Skilling fans are listening, we all wish you obviously the best and a very quick recovery. So, all right, I mentioned Novak Djokovic doing some great work with uh, sportsmanship and outing, basically not not outing himself, but 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 propping up his opponent at his own expense, calling a ball good that was initially called out so the Houston Astros story just continues to go and go and go and we had I got a couple of pieces of audio I want to play tonight one was from the Marquee Sports Network and Jim Deshays and Len Casper are talking about the Astros and and this was this was JD I was going to suggest the Astros with all the booing wear like earplugs but if you do that yeah, you can't hear the trash can. So, well said. But you, you know, you get something, you have to give up something. Yeah. Right? Trade off. So, so it is over the top, man. And wherever the Houston Astros go, any broadcast that you're going to run into this year, I'm sure we'll hear it from Ed Farmer and Darren Jackson and Jason Benetti and Steve Stone, and they just just firing on them. And now we've got, of course, fans who are showing up with asterisk signs. And then this guy, who's walking right up to the dugout in the middle of a rain delay, gets his camera out and is screaming at the Astros. Are you going to give the trophy back? You guys keeping a trophy? You're going to give it back? As long as you keep paying. How about the How about the rings? You going to keep the rings? You going to keep the rings for the MVP? Or you going to give it back? Just keep paying. Come see us. I'll come. I'll come to do this. Just keep paying to come see us as a Houston Astro. I, I watched it like 15 times trying to figure out which one it actually was, but I, I was unable to decipher which Astro spoke back to the fan. But I'm getting a little uncomfortable. 
Like, I was out in front of the Astros thing, I feel like, before the whole pile-on started. And when it first came out, I'm like, they should strip them of their World Series. They cheated. It doesn't count. Let's go back to the Black Sox and Commissioner Landis at the time. Eight men eight men out, the whole movie. Everybody gets banned from baseball. Shoeless Joe Jackson, still not in the Hall of Fame. Didn't do anything. World Series title stripped. To me, this is the same. This is like worse. You knew what pitch was coming. You banged on a trash can. We've got player accounts admitting to it. Your World Series in 2017 doesn't count. However, like when we start talking about sportsmanship, and I'm hearing different players saying that they're going to throw at the Astros, and this is what they deserve, not at the head, but at the ribs, at the waist, at the knees. Eh, I'm not in for that. I'm, I'm not. Two wrongs don't make a right, something along those lines. I'm not feeling it. Now, if you want to go toe-to-toe with Jose Altuve and strike him out and then bark something at him, I am in for that. I am 1,000% a little extra mouthiness towards them. Okay, I could see that all day. And they were horrendous sports, and their owner wouldn't cop to it, and very few players have actually coped to it. So it's like we have one. We got one side of the coin here where it's just I know it's in a little corner of the sports world. Like how many people are actually paying attention to Novak Djokovic in that moment in time? Not many. I did put it out on my Twitter feed at the Carm. But everyone's paying attention to the Astros, right? And as much as we all say, I hear it all the time: "You ain't cheating, you ain't trying." College basketball. Everybody looks the other way. How do these programs always get the best players? Is it just because, oh, it's the coach and they offer a great education? Or is you know perhaps something going on there that uh, kids are benefiting a little bit extra at certain places than they, that they do elsewhere? And that's, by the way, why there's an investigation and everybody's getting picked off left and right. But we don't really, that doesn't bother anyone. This one seems to bother everyone. Kind of curious exactly... Like, what bothers you the most about the Houston Astros thing That to the point that we're just... I mean, I, I was talking to a bunch of people today. I'm getting angrier and angrier and angrier with the Houston Astros every single day. See, I'm actually going, like, the other way. I'm trying to... I'm, like, getting... Okay, enough. Enough. They did it. They're not going to do anything to them. It's wrong. But I don't think that we need to spend the entire baseball season trying to get some form of retribution. 3-1-2... 981-7200. Curtis, you look like you got thoughts on this. Yeah, I was going to say, I think if they were more sympathetic and more out front with everything when uh-huh. they apologized and they were just more on top of everything, I think the reaction from the fan base and probably across baseball would have been a little bit different, especially if they were more... I agree. You know, out front and open and saying, hey, listen, you know, we screwed up. We're really sorry this happened. You know, that sort of thing. But they didn't. It was all kind of scripted that whole post or pre uh, spring training press conference was super awkward it felt terrible and the same thing in the dugout too yeah they just keep on coming to pay and see us eh, do, 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 don't say anything just you know and you're seeing players around the league get upset and uh, speak out about it mike mike trout spoke out about it mike, mike chris Tr- bryant said it was it's worse than the steroid era right chris bryant says nothing about anything he's going at the astros i mean this really really angered people I would just encourage everybody to look at, like, hey, you know, 
where could I be better on the field, on the court? Where could I have higher level of integrity? If I'm playing first base and I know I didn't have the bag on a skipped throw across the diamond, maybe I don't try to sell it. Uh, there's a whole lot of the whole trick trying to trick the referee and or get something that you didn't deserve in the spirit of I'm just trying to win. I would really like to see a movement where that starts to go away, where it's considered not cool. I don't have a lot of faith that this is going to happen, but there was an example of it with Djokovic. And I I mean, I woke up this morning, it's the first thing I saw, I got so excited. Like, wow, is this awesome. Because it, I don't know if people remember back in DeKalb in 2009, there was a high school basketball game. It was Milwaukee, Madison High, and playing DeKalb. And there was a kid at the time, his name was John Tell Franklin. He was a senior from Madison High School. And his mother had passed away that day to cancer. And I remember talking about this story at the time. And he, so he tells his coach, like, hey, my, hey coach, I'm not going to be there. My mom passed away. So then game time comes that night. He decides that, you know, I want to be with my team. So he shows up. Well, the coach had already given the players that were going to be in the game to the, official, to the officials, to the official scorebook. So this kid, if you put him in, he's not in the book. It's a technical foul. So the officials can't do anything. But the coach wants the kid to play. And his players want him to play. And the other team wants him to play. So they put him in the game. Technical foul, two free throws. What does DeKalb do? Head coach Dave Rollman at the time. The players come together. The senior point guard, his name was Darius McNeil, tells the coach, I'm going to go up to the line. I'm going to miss both free throws. Everybody cool with that? Great. We're cool with that. He goes and he misses both free throws. That is... I'm like, see, now that, that's what I'm talking about. 2009, and then Novak comes in with 2020. Uh, let me get Lydia in here. 312-981-7200. You got Chris Myers coming up after 930. Lydia, what do you got? Be quick. Yeah, I just think that this whole matter, trivializing, um, allowing the cheating to go on, the lack of accountability. Personally, I think the head of that major league, the major league should be ousted. You know? You want, I mean, it's just, you, you want Rob Manfred fired because he probably knew and didn't do anything? I think he should absolutely be ousted. I, mean, I think it's the worst message you got. You know, I know kids at the age of 12 who are going to Cooperstown and fundraising, and they watch these players. They admire these players. And and to cheapen the trophy and refer to it as, as a piece of metal, and I mean, that, it's the that, integrity of the game. That, the that, integrity of the game. Yeah, Lydia, I'm up against a break here and a guest, so thank you so much for the call, and that's a great you point. The, the piece of metal thing... That did not work for anyone, and I don't know what Rob was trying to do, what his strategy was there, other than he just wanted to take a bunch of boa arrows, send them right at me, and not at, and not at the commissioner, and not at the owners of baseball. I, it was very confusing. A quick timeout. Chris Myers in two minutes on 720 WGN. The great Chris Myers about to join us here. Of course, you might remember him if you're like me from back in the early days of Sports Center, which was my life, and then, of course, Fox Sports, and literally all across the sports globe and now joining us here on 720 WGN working with Marquee Sports now the Cubs 360 Chris thank you for taking time and being on WGN we appreciate it 
My pleasure, Mark. Uh, good to be on with you. Still with Fox, of course, and uh, now with uh, Marquee Sports Network. And yeah, that was my life too back in, in the old Sports Center days. It's, it seems like it was just yesterday. And at other times, it seems like it was a lifetime ago. Well, you're nothing in media nowadays, Chris, if you don't work for at least three networks. I mean, right? You got <laughs> you, you, you got to have multiple gigs. That's the deal. Yeah, there, you go from season to season, and depending upon who's doing what. I'm still hoping I could get that Tony Romo deal, though. I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to get my agent to put something like that. Of course, he's a he's an ex-athlete, so you come in with a little more firepower when you get into the broadcast business after that. It's it's funny that you bring that up because there's been all this discussion. Can you believe they're paying Tony Romo $17 million? And it's, well, they're paying a billion for the NFL. I You know, they like Tony Romo. I, I guess that's a drop in the bucket nowadays, but that's not a bad gig for Tony. You know, good. Hey, you know, good for him if if they'll pay it. And he hit. He timed it right. You know, remember John Madden was the highest paid, and I think with Gruden for a while. But it's almost. I point to the you know the quarterback trend. Did Jared Goff deserve to be the highest paid quarterback, or Carson Wentz, or Matthew Stafford at the time? They they timed it right with the contract and the need. And CBS needed Tony Romo, and they had whether his contract was up or not. Uh, some other people interested in in bringing him out there. So so good for him, and and you know he enjoys what he does. So. Uh, I, th- I think fans will appreciate it. But you know, he's making more than some players, and I don't know how players are going to feel about that. <laughs> that is, that's hard to believe considering the salaries of, of today. But, uh, yes, uh, Tony obviously did have some good timing going on there. Chris, uh, t- talk about how it, how it came to be, you, you joining up with Marquis and being a part of the Cubs. And I know you've got this uh, Cubs 360 coming with yourself and Mark Grace, and Lou Pinella, Ryan Dempster, Doug Glanville, uh, talking about a lot of topics. We were actually talking about the Astros tonight earlier in the show. So uh, how did, I'm sure I, I know that you're super excited about the opportunity. Yeah, to do some play-by-play. You know, Len Casper, Jim Deshaies do an outstanding job. And I, I, I watched him quite a bit. I grew up, you know, in an area, in a market in Florida that didn't have its own major league team at the time when I was a kid. And so, you know, WGN and the Cubs, I mean, I, they were part of, of my baseball existence and, and, and loving the game. So uh, to have this opportunity in conjunction with Fox and the things we do with Major League Baseball and the NFL and all the other things that I do with the network, uh, glad they were they were willing to work with me and Marquis wanted to have me make me a part of something and adding a lot of other uh, different people, Rick Sutcliffe and uh, DeRose, Mark DeRosa. So this, but the, the Cubs 360, what I love about that, having done a lot of interviews over the years, is getting a group uh, and all, all of them at some point in their careers have, have been involved with the Cubs or still are, but Pinnell and Mark Brace, are, uh, uh, Glenville and Dempstra, interesting thoughts, not only in the Astros, but we talked about uh, for this, this special coming up on uh, uh, March 2nd, on, on Marquee Sports Network. Some of the, the rule changes that are proposed, uh, some that, that are taking place, some that may take place, adding a playoff team, some down the road, uh, you know, the idea of, uh, you know, a robot umpire and, and, and <laughs> how Lupinella reacts to that. But it was an interesting mix of people because, you, you know, yeah, Lupinella is old school and Glenville's a little more analytics. And, and, and so there's a nice mixture. And you talk about Dempster and Grace and their personality. So it's a lot of fun if you're not only a Cubs fan, but but a baseball fan, all of the hot topics of, of the spring and going and of course talking about what David Ross and the Cubs have to do to, to be successful this year based on, on their experience as as players and people in, in baseball, great baseball minds as I like to call them, and what they know of, of this team and what they saw last year. So uh, that that's what I'm excited to, to be a part of immediately and then down the road doing some of the pre and post 
shows from from the New Cubs studios, the Marquee Network studios, and then and then calling some games when uh, when Len has a break or is doing some network stuff for Fox. Chris Myers with us here on seven twenty WGN. What's your what's your take, Chris? On you know you got some people who just want to keep piling on the Astros and more and more. Uh, videos are coming out with fans taunting him in the dugout, and uh, Jim Deshays took a uh, took a fun shot at him today. Well, you, well, you can't wear earplugs because you won't hear the trash can. Yeah, it was funny, very funny. Yeah, I saw I saw that, and I, and I sent out a little video on Instagram, and, and just my own opinion is having covered a lot of different sports, and look, I go back to covering. In my early days of, of baseball, when with a labor dispute, when we we stopped the game and there wasn't a World Series, and 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 I covered Pete Rose in his early years when I first began in, in broadcasting, when he was banned from gambling, and, and talked to Bart Giamatti about this. So, and, and then through later years with with Bud Selig. So, there's a lot of different types of things, but I I, I do believe that. Uh, you can't, in my in my view, you can't take the World Series title away. So maybe there's an asterisk so that people know down the road. Okay, there's it's somewhat tainted here. They might have been able to win it without doing the things that they did. I know it's not fair, but we're past that point. Uh, but but what I said was, that, you know, the the court of public opinion ultimately, you know, the, the, they tell you how it is, and 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 I think the Astro players and those that were involved, they have to carry. Uh, that weighed around uh, the rest of their lives, and I think that's a lot heavier than any World Series trophy that they have to live with. And I think you're seeing a message clearly sent, and it's not the way I would do it, but players police themselves. I'd never played at the major league level in baseball, but you know, whether it's throwing a pitch or trying to hit somebody or just sending a message as a colleague, as somebody in the business, that, hey, we all bend the rules here or there a little bit, but when you openly take it to this degree, uh, we're not cool with that. So I, I think at some point we got to get beyond it, but we're all we're not going to forget about it. Uh, not the players, uh, not not the fans, and we should because uh, because it did affect uh, the the game. But I, I think at some point let's just let's just focus on on playing the games and, and see where we go from here. Yeah, and I'm just wondering when we do get to playing the games, are guys going to take matters into their own hands and and fire at the Astros? I mean it. it, it I, I, you hear a lot of talk that they will, but I'm guessing that when the games actually get going and you're talking about suspensions and dollars, I can't imagine that's going to be the case. But maybe it will. Yeah. And what, what do you think? Yeah, no, I agree with you, Mark. I, I think that, that, that they'll be sensible about it. And, and I, I would hope, yeah, because you don't want to injure anybody in their livelihood here, even though they been affected in the sense by the by the scandal of the, of the cheating but I, I would think once a message is sent and look some of these some of these players are different now and they're on different teams we've already seen the the ripple effect of the layers of how it affected those that were involved in this grand scheme and I, and I don't buy yeah, maybe some other teams are doing it but to what degree and baseball has to be real clear about investigating and drawing uh, uh, further parameters on any video use and technology and and spell that out very clearly I'm not I'm not getting the answers off the hook on that but yeah, back to your point once the season starts once the message is sent uh and uh, i think that most players and i look i i understand how they feel if uh, if they want to send further messages as long as they do it within the boundaries of, of their own code and chris myers with us here and you're not you're not running pr here for rob manfred but if you were in giving him some level of advice on what to do going forward here because a lot of people are not happy with how he's handled to this point what would you say yeah, and, I, and I'm a fan of his, and I have been for what he's been trying to do. This is a very difficult spot uh, because I, you do have the, the, the players' union, if you're talking about, and this is what the, the cry I've heard from fans is, 
well, this guy's been punished and the team or whatever, but the, some of the actual players haven't been punished. They didn't lose their salary. They didn't lose their status, their awards, whatever. So I, I, I don't know. The players union maybe could work in conjunction with the, the commissioner on that, on those specific players. And then maybe there were some that were on the team that didn't necessarily involve themselves but, but knew about this. So I, I think going forward, that's why I think it, it's okay to put an asterisk by by this and say, you know, given what happened, exactly the impact of this World Series team, and what bothers me most, too, is they were alerted early and then they just kind of kept on doing it, that they didn't take heed to the warning. And maybe the commissioner could have been more forceful early on. But again, he wanted to make sure he had accurate information before uh, lowering the hammer. So, uh, again, ultimately, a court of public opinion, I think the commissioner has handled it as best as he could without overreacting based on the information he had at the time. All right, let, let's move on to a little Cubs, and, and I'm going to throw the White Sox in here too, Chris, because I'm dreaming up the Crosstown White Sox-Cubs World Series. The White Sox are clearly coming, and the Cubs are trying to hold on here and kind of may, maybe do a little bit of a remake on the fly here. What's your sense of David Ross's ability to come in here and kind of get things uh, back on track where they went off the track? It's only late last season. When uh, I mean, I, when you were, If you think back to last season, they were basically a playoff team, and they lost nine in a row down the stretch, and the bullpen was miserable. Yes, and that's what when I when I look back, right? If you go back, the Cubs. Uh, so they went what, end up with what, 80, 45 wins last year. Before that, it was ninety two wins, and it was ninety two in in, uh, in seventeen, and then they went over a hundred in in sixteen. Had ninety seven or ninety eight in twenty fifteen. So so that that losing skid there, you you know you, you're right. You get on the, nor- the the better side of that, and you're up around ninety wins again. So I don't think the Cubs are that far off, and I love this lineup, I, and I think David Ross. And I don't know a lot about him personally. I obviously watched him play through the years. He's been on successful teams. He was chosen for a reason because the Cubs, I hate new direction, but they want to redirect maybe uh, uh, some of the thought process through the organization with the current talent they have. And they're, to me, their lineup, you know, yeah, you talk about the Dodgers and the Yankees, but their, their lineup is, is you talk about young, good talent that could hit. If they get back to some of the basics, and I think David will emphasize this, the running the bases, the playing the defense, uh, they're they're going to hit, and, and and I really like what he did with the lineup. At least experimenting with that, or at least putting that in a in a direction where we might see that once we start the regular season. Once he formulates you know the second base spot, or who gets center field, or how how they interchange some things. I, I am a little concerned about the pitching. It was encouraging today with with you, Darvish. I'm a big Lester fan. I think he's going to give you all he has until the end, and I expect Kimbrel. Uh, to be back. I, I don't know to what degree, but he's still kind of your, your anchor in the bullpen and the rest of the rotation, what we'll have to do their part. I mean, they're in a tough division. I think the Cardinals pitching is deep. Uh, I think Milwaukee has, uh, you know, and Yelich and, and their experience. Uh, I don't know if I'd put them ahead of the, the Cubs or the Cardinals, but they're going to be right in there. So that's, that's the, that's the three horse race. So just getting back into the postseason, I think is very possible. And there's still a trade deadline. I don't think Chris Bryant is going anywhere. I certainly wouldn't, wouldn't do that if I were the Cubs based on, on what I know of the situation. He wants to be there and he's uh, to me one of the, one of the top players in the game. So there's a lot to be excited about, uh, about this Cubs team and on the side of the White Sox too. They, We've been waiting, and they've been building and putting young talent together. And, and so I think the pitching for both of these teams, and that's ultimately what I go to as, as a guy who's covered baseball for years and grown up around it. If you have that, you're always going to be in the game or at least in the hunt. Uh, so there is a good, good reason to be optimistic for both of these teams. All right, I'm looking forward to Cubs 360 coming up here on Monday. On your way out here, Chris, because you just underlined it, longtime baseball guy, the – 
the sabermetricians, they'll tell you that the leadoff hole doesn't matter, and I know Chris Bryant is happy to do it, but I just still think you need a leadoff guy. Like, if I go back in Cubs time, in 03, they got Kenny Lofton, team took off. 15 and 16, Dexter Fowler was at the top, you go, we go. You go back to 05 with the White Sox, Scott Pitsednik ignited that lineup. I, just, yes. I, I still think yep. you need a guy at the top to set the tone. I don't care what the numbers say. Are you? Do you look at it like that, or are you? Are you or you have you maybe matured past that level of point? I still think you need a leadoff guy, man. No, I, well, I, I like, but but the game has changed. It's less about look at look at the stolen bases that are down. I mean, they're even talking in the minor leagues about changing a, uh, certain rules about a balk or a motion so that they can cre- try to get more base running and stolen bases, and that, that could filter to the major leagues. I I, I, I think the art of the stolen bases, so that that matters less. It's about it's about the long ball and getting your best hitters the most opportunities. But I agree with you. If you have, and I remember Scott Pacetic was terrific that season, right? And he, he hit it. I, I grew up watching and then covering Ricky Henderson, and, and it's one of the best of all time. And so if you have that kind of guy, then great. But I don't think you can force a leadoff guy if he's not that complete guy that can run, hit, get on base, do the other thing. So if not, then, then go with your best hitters early in the lineup. And if it doesn't work, and try to get somebody at the deadline or slide those guys down. But I'm, uh, that's a little old-school baseball. That's not the way it's going today. <laughs> it, it, it's not. Hey, Chris, great to talk to you. Great to have you in town. Looking forward to hearing you. And uh, we'll be watching Cubs 360 coming up on Monday. All right, thanks for having me on. We'll talk anytime. All right, have a good season. We'll talk to you later. Okay, Chris, be well. Chris, right. Chris Myers, Bye. Fox Sports, Marquee Sports. And I remember him back in the ESPN days. Let's, let's get a good, solid sports center. Why do people not do that anymore? All right. Hey, we'll, uh, we'll take some calls here on the Astros. I know people wanted to talk about it, so I can do that coming on back here. And I do have one. Uh, there was an interesting times this week down in Indy with Matt Nagy speaking, Ryan Pace as well, talking about that quarterback. I thought there was actually a lot in there. So we got a little a lot to do in a little time with you till 10 on 720 WGN. That's right. Rocking the Wildcat fight song. I hope you know why. Congratulations to the Northwestern women's basketball team. 2020 Big Ten champions. They took care of Illinois today at a raucous new Welsh Ryan Arena, 75-58. That was so awesome to see. Uh, Joe McEwen, I'm hoping that we'll have him on the program tomorrow. We've got White Sox Weekly from 1 until 2, and then I'm with you from 2 until 3 in advance of Northwestern and Nebraska men's basketball right here, of course, on 720 WGN. But uh, that is a hell of an accomplishment. They haven't done it for 30 years, and they did it today, and it was uh, it was great to see just a, a big-time crowd out there uh, supporting the team. That was awesome. All right, let me get Owen in here from Willowbrook. We were talking about... The Astros uh, and fans piling on, and then I also mentioned Novak Djokovic did the coolest thing in sportsmanship that you can do, penalizing himself or, or not benefiting from an official getting a call wrong, getting the call reversed. And so we're looking for, I'm, we're, I'm, I'm hoping there could be an uptick here. Maybe, maybe the Astros have learned something. Let me get Owen in here. What's up, Owen? Welcome to WGN. Hey, guys. Thanks for the call. Hey, you know, the best sport for honor. I think it was golf up until Reed, Reed had to trade recently, and the players called him out. And I think the players basically will, you know, basically take care of the sport themselves. 
But in golf, I can remember a few years ago, there was a guy that was playing overseas. I don't remember the name, but he won the tournament. On the way back, he saw a replay where he called a foul on himself, and he ended up finishing second because he called it in. And I think, to be honest with you, that's, that's the purest game for honor. As far as the Astros, I will tell you this, and I don't want to open a can of worms, but baseball, with bringing it, and I'm old school baseball, I'm an older guy, baseball with all this technology and replays and everything invited some of this. And I think they have to accept the good with the bad. Mm. Years ago, years ago, years ago, they used to have scouts go out in the, in the, um, in the stands with binoculars and send signals into the dugout. It's not like it's the first time it's happened. It's right, just a but, different form of getting an edge. Right. Okay. The golfer that you're talking about, first of all, Owen, was Justin Rose. So great, good knowledge bringing that back. Second of all, a dude sitting in the stands with binoculars is not ideal, but that's not the same as modern technology where they're getting it instantly and all of a sudden it's in the dugout and they're banging on a trash can, right? Now... I don't know, but I don't. But you're. I, I, please clarify why baseball is wrong. That technology has advanced to the point that that is possible. Well, first of all, okay. If you look at what technology has done with baseball, it's made the game a lot longer. Okay, so you got replays with a guy stealing a base. He bounces off the bag, and the guy holds the tag on longer. That was never called as an out. And they replay that. They replay the phantom tag on, on double play. Right, but okay, but hold on, but, Owen. And, and wait, so hold, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's hold on, Owen. Let's go back and forth. Let's have a conversation here. They, they, okay. you, you've got instant replay in football, right? You get instant replay in basketball. It's not like baseball is the only sport that's doing it, right? Well, I'm just talking about the assets. I think a lot of sports. I mean, the replay in sports is not made to everything 100 percent accurate, and that was that's correct. That was the intent to make everything right. And I mean, look at look at what happened in the in the New Orleans game against L.A. with that interference call. The Vikings. Okay, that play wasn't replayable, but some are. I mean, no, no, I'm talking. Oh, he's about talking about the Rams. I'm sorry. You're right. Okay. Yeah, two years ago. Right. New Orleans. New Orleans got screwed. You know. So I, all I'm saying is, I think if sports are going to play the game of having, um, you know, new technology put into the game, they're going to have to accept the good with the bad. And I thought it was just another way of the Astros saying, well, you know what? I don't know if it was cheating. It was another way of us getting an edge. So, okay. I don't agree with it, so you th- but I think wait. that's what they did. Yeah, but Owen, you don't think that they knew what they were doing was wrong? Are you, you're not saying that, are you? Hold on. Hold on. When a guy throws a spitball, do you think they knew it was wrong? When a guy throws, you know, that's the point. These guys are brought up about getting an edge. Yeah. And if right. they break the rules, they're going to break it. Right. So, so this is just a different form of it. And they've been caught. Right. But these guys, for years, the game has been taught about getting an edge. Yep. So that, I don't, you know what? I'm not going to hold it against them. All I'm right. Really not. Okay. All right. Hey, Owen, I appreciate the call. And, and I listened. I, I, you named something there that's very much accurate. Guys would go out to the mound and they would have a, they'd have a sandpaper in their back pocket, right? The ump would walk out there. They'd start inspecting it. Let me see underneath your armpit. Let me see in your back pocket. They'd try to dump it out so they wouldn't get caught. Sammy went up there. He had cork in his bed. People have been trying to cheat the game forever. Of course, and, and that's and that's been the whole conversation going on. Is this worse than steroids? Yes, it's worse than steroids. But steroids was super bad. Guys were, but that was. 
The the difference, well, it's it's so hard to parse it down, right? What's the difference? Well, the difference back then with steroids is guys were just trying to kind of get themselves paid. It was it wasn't so much about the team. This is more about the team cheating. Well, how do you how do you even how do you separate those two, right? I I, I just it 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 is it it is. I would love to see as we go forward here that perhaps you know what this these are things that we're not going to do as c- competitors it's get where you've got kids now playing in more and more leagues at 5 years old, 8 years old. There's a lot of lessons that can be taught here. And you could and if I was a youth baseball coach, you could fly up the Astros in a million ways and I would just tell my kids, "Hey, Look, whether they got away with it or didn't get away with it, they didn't. They got away with it in seventeen. But when they went back to their houses in the off season, I guarantee you that there were at least some of them that were looking in the mirror and didn't feel good about what they had accomplished. And I want you guys to always feel like when you won or whether you lost, you did it by putting the maximum amount of effort out there that you could, and you either reaped the awards of winning or you got the award of competing, and you learn something, and you try to get better next time. I mean, there's a there's a lot that could be benefited if you're talking about like on the youth level. Curtis, you look like you want to say something again. I was just going to say it's affecting the guys who they play against also too, because right. those guys are trying to earn a contract, right? And especially for the ones in their division when they play the the Rangers, when they play the Athletics, when they play the Angels, a lot of the pitchers and stuff on those teams when they know. What where the Astros players, I should say, when they know what those pitchers are throwing, it affects some of those guys because they're a free agent that following year, and the Astros lit up these guys because they knew what was coming. That affects their contract, and that affects when they can get paid next. It 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 a hundred percent does a hundred percent, and that's it, and that's why a lot of guys are really up bent out of shape because people like uh, who was the pitcher that. Ended up nice. He filed a lawsuit against the against the Astros from the Dodgers. Mike Bolsinger, Mike Bolsinger was his name. He's a former Blue Jays pitcher. Filed a, filed a lawsuit saying that they were stealing signs, and I never made it back to the big leagues. I got sent down after they roped me, and my confidence was ruined. He filed a suit for personal damages. He requested thirty one million dollars. Now this was a journeyman. I don't know if I would actually award him anywhere close to thirty one million, but I, he probably is entitled to something. Couple dollars. You knew what was coming. You roped me, and I ended up in the minors. If that doesn't happen, I pitch well that day. I'm still in the big leagues. I'm still earning some dough. I mean, I think that's a fair argument. Hey, uh, programming reminder again: White Sox Weekly tomorrow is one to two, and then we'll have Sports Central two to three, and then Northwestern basketball. Uh, I'm going to get into the Bears stuff tomorrow. Matt Nagy said a lot about Mitchell Trubisky. A lot. And I thought one quote that we'll, we'll play back tomorrow where he's talking about what Mitch needs to do right now between now and when they can get back in at Hallis Hall in April. Quote, get on the film and really hammer through what he's looking at. I think for him, the processing part, you have to get to a point where you're so obsessed that no matter what you're doing, you're always watching film. We are at a point now that before he gets back here in April, he, is, he needs to be a complete expert he needs to know it better than me. That's the goal, and he will tell you that wasn't the case last year. Um, you just outed your quarterback for not spending enough time in the film room. 
Maybe he's in there, but he's not necessarily. It's like I feel like I'm doing my college career. I went to the library to study, and then I sat there and got on my phone and did whatever I was doing. It wasn't actually on my phone because I didn't have a phone back then. But whatever I did, I took a nap. Whatever I was doing at the University of Iowa, not studying. You know, you can be in the library, but that doesn't mean you're getting anything done. It seems to me like he's saying, like, yeah, you're there, but you don't know this stuff, man. You're not obsessed about it. You're not, you're, you, you may be there, but you're not working hard enough. I, I thought that was a pretty big statement from Matt Nagy on his, on his quarterback. We'll play some of that tomorrow. Uh, quick timeout news coming on up here. Carl and Lisa, of course, straight ahead as well. WGN Radio Theater. It's 720 WGN.